It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Reddit Podcast. Welcome to the Celtics Reddit Podcast. My name is Ben Ballas. Thank you for joining us. Hope you're doing well. Today, we've got our two co-hosts, Jackson and Joe, reacting to and breaking down the Celtics' epic 32-point comeback against aging rock star Greg Popovich and the Spurs. I wasn't able to join them for this one, but they very quickly and very excitedly assembled to get this podcast into your ears. And with that, let's get to it. All right. So there's a special type of game, bro. It's the tingly game. It's like after the game where your actual blood's been pumping that you feel, you sit down, you can feel your legs, they feel like tingly. Does that, is that something, is that something that you've had? Tingly, yeah, for sure. Um, like the, the real pace- tight ones. Yeah, say, yeah, the pacing around the lounge room as well, too. That was that. that that's a mark of a of a, um, of, of a tight one, man. Um, full disclosure: I've been like throwing up all morning. Overshare for everybody, but I've been like dead sick. And I remember that as the lead continued to grow in the first half, it was like <laughs> the disgust of the performance was outweighing the actual nausea that I was experiencing. <laughs> and I started to feel a bit better, like just more of oh yeah, you know, just accept it and whatever. Then the comeback starts and. And then I'll, I just feel this like illness just building up again, and I was like, I don't know if this is this is good or this is bad, but I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever, like whatever that game, like games like that, can do to your body. Like, I've, there's the full gamut of physical reactions I've had this morning, that's this afternoon, and yeah, I'm just just blown away. I, like, I feel I feel vindicated as a Celtics fan because I've only been following this team like eight nine years or thereabouts, but like all I've had to really hang my hat on historically wise is like Isaiah. Um, a few of his performances, you know. Right. Now I've now we have seen live the equal highest scoring game from a Celtic ever, and that is just uh, it's amazing. I just so, I'm still getting my head around it. So Jackson, you feel like you're starting to earn your stripes? I do. Bit, do you? I do. Yeah, I can. I, I can now like hold like and go into a conversation. With Celtics fans, like, where were you when Tatum scored bloody sixty in a thirty-two point comeback against the Spurs? And I have a story about it. So it, it's yeah, fantastic. Jackson's like, I was hugging the porcelain god and yeah. picking up my offering. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, whatever I whatever I was saying to that to that toilet. Yeah, it, it hurt. Me and it and it answered in a, in, a, in an amazing way. Um, where do you even begin to analyze that? Is it worth analyzing, or is it worth just just gushing about how amazing this is, just in the grand scheme of just fandom? Really, I think this is a look. We can get to some specifics because you know, but well, ever, everyone will want to like ruminate a little on the specifics. But for me, mm. this is a meta game. All right, this is a this is a meta yeah. a, a, a meta fandom type game, right? So. I've been thinking a lot about the difference between hopes and expectations, 
Mm. Um, it's it's like a rant I've had on the on the podcast before. Um, and I think this game is a is a worthwhile reminder about this doesn't really change my expectations for the for the team going forward, right? Sure. But this is a reason why you shouldn't never give up hope, right? And that's how you you know it's talking about earning your stripes. You earn your stripes as a fan by like holding on to hope. Mm-hmm despite low expectations. And there was no reason to expect to come back from a 32-point lead. Like, I, I regard a safe lead in the NBA as once it cracks 25, it's very rare for it, for it to come back, you know? Yeah. So, um, you know, I think I think this team, right, like I, like I said, my expectations aren't, aren't really changed. But guess what? The team is what it is. We're not making any trades between now and the end of the season. We're going to make the playoffs in some capacity. Mm. So just get your hopes just get your hopes out, you know, and hold on to them. Absolutely. And it, you know? it, we we saw a similar we saw a similar, you know, burst of scoring from Tatum last year too, and we've been kind of waiting for that moment to happen. It's is it happening now because I mean, what he had a, a career high 53 what 3 weeks ago. Now he's got 60. The way he's going, you wouldn't put it beyond him to, to match that or get near that again, too. So even if the expectations don't change for where you think this team's going, because I think like you can you can give Tatum like 60 every single night. I don't think we're beating uh, the Nets or the Sixers in a seven game series. That's just that's that's a, right. a horrible reality that we'll have to face. But when you see performances like that in games that you win, that you have no right of winning, it, 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 you just you're right it does inspire that hope and it, it, there are so there were so many moments where I wanted to turn that game off but I was like I, I've got nothing better to do I'm sitting here just you know the alternative is just go and you know regurgitate again in the toilet so <laughs> I'll just I'll, I'll cop this because it's slightly slightly less nauseating um but yeah you're right like it, it just inspires uh, so much hope that like a not any game can be lost if Tatum or you know anyone for that matter but Tatum really can go off and you know if he's got that in his locker and he can you know pr- produce that down the stretch and in the playoffs then you know who knows who knows you you can be that team that comes from nowhere that does it the heat did that last year too so uh, my expectations probably haven't shifted either but yeah it, the, the hope that it gives you and the inspiration that it gives you and the buzz that it gives you like oh it's just it, it's flowing through me it's flowing through my veins i, I think like so i think you're doing a really reasonable thing here and you're saying hey okay. look, this is this is like we've seen Tatum do some amazing stuff. Some amazing stuff could happen again. Will it be enough to be the Celtics of the next G? I don't know. For me, I'm like this is a this is proof that a game is actually an end unto itself, right? Yeah, like okay. it's not it's not just a it's not just a, a means on the like it's a self contained story. Mm-hmm. You know, it has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And just because it's, you know, part of a collection of short stories that we call an NBA season, right, it doesn't change the fact that just this game in itself is just awesome in its own right. It doesn't yep. have to contribute. It doesn't have to be part of a championship season, right? This is why we do it. This is it's this is awesome, you know? Yeah. And, and it, to, to be honest, it completely, like... It's not that it outweighs other disappointing games. It's that they're in the past, and this is a really beautiful present, right? Yeah. And and the, and and that's that's an enough of, of itself, right? That's that's a gift in and of itself, and it's enough for me as a fan. Yeah. You know. 
It is, yeah. Uh, and I was just, I was just thinking about like the games that we've had this season. Like there have been some anemically bad losses and just moments where we've just uttered despair. But I mean, go but back. But do they to... matter to you right now? Like, no, they, this... no, they don't. They, 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 they may as well not even don't. happened. You know what I mean? They may as well not even happened. You're right. Hey. You're right. And and you, I think back it's like you know I thought I'd be watching that Golden State Warriors game the other week for a while because that was that was pretty much one for the ages. Hell, even the Timberwolves game where he got his first career high with well, first career high. He got the fifty three. I was thinking, even though this season has been garbage, these one individual games, you know, you can go back to and you can say this was a this was a great time to be a Celtics fan. This was a fantastic experience, and it just got like topped again. So even if this the rest of the season now just nosedives, like you know, full disclosure, I'm quite certain we'll probably lose to like the the the. the who play next? Portland by like eleven or some shit. You know, that's just that could just happen. It could just be one of those stinking totally. games where it happens. But uh, yeah, like just this game in and of itself. Yeah, I am going to interpret it as a gift, and I am going to accept it as a gift. So, and I think anyone who has been down on the Celtics quite reasonably over the last you know season has to yeah has to take this game just as a one-off, as one of those historical performances, one of those all-time just this is just incredible to, to yeah. bear witness to. So, yeah, I'm, I'm completely with you there, Joe. Um, getting into more specifically the game, I am doing my best Needy Bam Vallis impression here. Because yeah. <laughs> he doesn't... He's, we're rudderless. We've just got to go. So, you please ben, jump in. Ben Vallis, Greek god. Greek god. <laughs> <laughs> I love those emails. That was great. <laughs> good. We can't tell you about those emails. But no, no, no certainly not. Um, <laughs> the game itself, um, it's probably worth mentioning. I mean, oh God, do we want to talk about other performances here or do we want to continue gushing over Tatum or just what the game was about? No, no, man, like you you, you take it. I, I have, you know, I have a few bouquets to hand out. For sure, for sure. Um, I guess, you know, let's just, let's specifically talk about Tatum, you know, just just, just in, in a vacuum of itself. I, I, do, do you feel like Tatum is becoming more of the player that you expect him to be? Or do you think a performance like this actually sort of puts him a little bit higher than what you <laughs> were hoping he could be? Because no we're in that headspace where you can get this, this level of excitement, right? Uh, I'm in a funny place on Tatum. Okay. Okay, so like, it, sounds, it almost sounds ungrateful in the, in the wake of a 60-point game and a 32 you know, and a 32-point comeback. Mm. Um, for, for me, um, what I saw of Tatum tonight was more... It's not like a skill thing. Um, I was very pleased that he he was clearly making an effort to get into the paint. Um, mm. His, In my view, his worst habit is his reliance on the sidestep three when we don't need it. There's mm-hmm. circumstances where I, I do like it. Like, I would have been fine with it at the end of regulation. Yeah, because that's it's funny because not... I wouldn't have been, but sorry, go on. <laughs> well, my reason for being fine, it's, it's circumstantial, right? Be, mm. Because, like, at the end of the game, the worst thing that can happen is you take a shot and you leave enough time on the clock for the other team to come and to come away. Like, that is the worst thing that can happen. The, the um, I guess, well, actually, that's probably the second worst thing that ha- could happen. The worst thing that could happen is you could turn it over. Turn over or offensive and, foul, and yeah. And it's going the other way, you know? Like, um, yeah, live ball turnover is probably the worst thing there. So, but all that to, all that to say, um, for me, the I just need to see Tatum putting pressure on the hoop, right? He needs okay. to put pressure on and he made a concerted effort to do it. So, yay, Tatum. That's great. Now, um, one thing with Tatum... I'm going to keep harping on this. The dude needs to learn how to finish with his left hand. 
Yes. He yes, really indeed. needs to do it. He had one – he flubbed it awfully. He actually attempted it, so I guess I should be happy about that. But if you notice, he often tries to finish with that right hand, um, going to the reverse, and uh, it just stuffs up his timing. But anyway, so where am I at on Tatum? I'm like, he's somewhere in between like my expectations for him in the future. I'm not quite ready to expect him to be a top-tier NBA player. Okay. So this tonight was a top, I guess it was a top-tier performance of shot-making, but um, I'm just not I'm not there yet for him with my expectations. Gotcha. Where gotcha. are you, though, man? Um, okay, I feel so, like so I just took a big no, this in your week not, box, you know? Not, not, <laughs> not, not at all. I guess um, fairly or unfairly, I think... Any NBA player, if you are going to put them in that elite status, you have to have the playoff aspect there as well, too. Now, Tatum has not been bad in the playoffs by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, it's all well and good. You know, Harden's a good example. You know, that could very well be, could change this season. But, like, Harden can have stretches where he is just, like, uh, like beyond comprehension, 50, 60, 45, et cetera, et cetera, all throughout the regular season. You get to the playoffs, and if there is any game where it's, like, it's not what you expect or it's less of that, then all of a sudden, oh, he's chokes. He doesn't have that. He doesn't have this. It's not what you think. So there's like the divide between the regular season performances and the playoff performances. So for me to like fully, you know, I'm putting aside all of this, you know, these these tingles that I'm <laughs> that we've experienced over the last few hours to the side and think in a vacuum. Like we've got I, analyst brain and fan brain, right? Yeah, yeah. It's a, the duality is is, is perfect. Um, the I, I think if if we were to see this kind of individual just tear in a playoff perspective or in, you know, games where, you know, there's really on the line. I know there's a lot on the line now, but I mean, there's still nine games after this, you know, a loss tonight is not, you know, curtains by any stretch, but in a game where the pressure is really there and we see that happening, um, that's when I would probably elevate him to the next tier of like, okay, this guy is not going to be, you know, at absolute best, a poor man's Kevin Durant at best. This guy could be, you know, him, his own player, you know, did you, like he could break free of that. Oh, he's going to be like this. He's going to be like that. So I'm with you in that he's not there yet. But I mean, 60 points, highest score from a Celtic ever tied with Larry Bird at the age of, he is 23, right? It's a lot of points. That's pretty points. encouraging. That's pretty encouraging. And a 53 point game three weeks ago, a 60 point game today, uh, in a, in a, it's a crucial part of the season is just you, you you can't help well i can't help but just <laughs> think that yeah. he's he's almost gone up a tier in my mind but i do need to see it in the playoffs yeah um i'm not so concerned about seeing it in the playoffs i'm more concerned with i want to see consistent i want to see consistent impact on winning during the regular season okay um sure. That's, that's, you know, like, because not all 30 points are the same, you know, like, mm. especially, like, with with the scoring averages being a little inflated right now. Um, like, Tatum's 25 a night is not the same as Durant's 25 a night. Mm. You know, like, it's just it's just kind of not. Um, it's, it's, it's hard to explain it, but there's just this inevitability to the great scorers. Yeah. That's not quite in Tatum's... Like that's not quite part of the Tatum vibe yet. There's not this inevitability to me to Tatum. Like you're ter- you know, when you're pl- when you're playing a game against those elite players, you're just like, if it's if, if say you're within, you might have a ten point lead at halftime, and you're like, it's not enough. Yeah, you know, that's when you know that that that's a top tier player. 
you know? Yeah, 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 definitely. And I guess like semi-related to that, you know, we're familiar with like, you know, oh, he had a quiet 30 or he had like, you didn't even realize he had 30 or 25 or thereabouts. He's had a lot of those games lately where you think he's just below average and you check the box score at the end and it's like 35, seven and five. And, you know, and you think, oh, okay, well, I didn't even really notice that. And I suppose he's been symptomatic of having like a lot of slow starts this season. When he hit his first contested, I think, baseline shot to start, I was like, oh, okay, this is probably going to be a good Tatum game because, you know, typically he misses that and he goes for nothing until the midway through the second quarter. If he didn't do that, this would have been, this would have been, you know, a, a 40 point loss perhaps. So his, right. him just keeping us in there um, and, you know, <laughs> just keeping being us inside the, that yeah, magic exactly. 32 point margin yeah, just, that you uh, need to keep touch. <laughs> clo- close, close enough that when Grant Williams hits back to back three pointers, no one bats an eyelid because it's just, you think it's just, you think it's just for nothing anyway. So, yeah, um, I, I, I would really like to see how the next few games go. It's very important, you know, next couple of weeks. So I think we've got back to backs against the Heat. We've got a few East Conference uh, player, um, uh, games as well too so if he can continue this even if it's not you know the 60 or this like historical kind of performance if it can be you know similar levels of production then you know i i think we're in a pretty good place for the lounge stretch but again you're right consistency particularly over the last nine games is going to be key yeah the um i mean it's just it's just put up or shut up time you know like mm. and i for, for tonight hey the guy put up you Absolutely, know, he put up like he did. Put up like like sixty points is just that's just top ten. Yeah, no that's just how you slice it. Yeah, I, I, I as soon as it was over, I switched over to the Suns Utah game, and the first thing that came out of the commentator's mouth as I switched it over was Jason Tatum sixty points tonight, and the Suns color commentator was like, "Yeah, Devin Booker had 70. <laughs> like, it wasn't a real seventy though. Yeah, like, and they lost, and they lost. That's exactly it though. Yeah. You know, like that that was that was garbage. You know, that's not to say that Devin Booker's not a real player, but of course like, not. But like Devin Booker's not good enough to drive winning on that level. Yeah. You know, we're not talking about we're not thinking about Devin Booker being one of the all time greats. No. You know? No, he's, absolutely he's good. not. He's really good, but he's he's not at that level. So, you know, when you when it comes time to place J- Jason Tatum when I when I when I when I'm calmed down and, and the, the blood isn't pumping so much, I do I just I don't know where to place him. Yeah. I just don't know where to place him in the NBA hierarchy, you know, when he's at his peak. Well, hopefully hopefully the next couple months he, he very clearly announces himself in that upper tier too. So so we shall see. Um, I guess we should probably discuss some other guys. And the first thing that comes to mind, you probably is on your mind too, Aaron Naismith. Oh, yes. Man, that, that guy just almost seemingly out of nowhere is become such a contributor. I know he had like a good game last game and he had another good game this uh, today. And, you know, being the, being the, the, I don't, I don't know. Like I'm guilty of just maybe not noticing the little things that he does. I don't know like what you've been noticing of his game or anything like that. But these last couple games, just some of the plays he came up with tonight, some of the hustle plays, some of those rebound putbacks, and you know the fact he was playing with five fouls. I think like midway through the fourth quarter, and he played like the pretty much. Uh, don't quote me on this again. I don't notice the little things, but I'm pretty don't sure quote. he was in there. We're recording this, bro. Like- yeah, <laughs> pretty sure he was in there for a lot of the fourth and for quite a bit of overtime too. And he didn't. Fa- out and he stayed in there and he contributed so Aaron Naismith man um, let's let's hype him up shall we <laughs> yeah um, it was great you know I think so one of the things I've been railing against um, is basically lazy threes like I just don't like us taking threes when we can get when we can get that shot any other time mm. I don't like guys taking generally I don't like, I like decisive threes but I don't like 
quick threes when we don't need him. Sure. My exception to that rule is Neesmith. Like, to me, that dude is in there to be a flamethrower. And if he catches it and he's halfway pie open, I want him to shoot it yep. straight away. So that's the first thing I'm noticing about him is um, is that trigger is getting getting pretty quick. And, and as he does it, it opens the rest of his game game up. They've got to play where they run um, they run him off a double screen, um, run him off a double screen to the top of the key to get a shot. It's, uh, it's sort of a pet play that they run for him. And um, he hit he hit one off he hit one tonight and as part of the comeback. And then the next time they ran the play for him, up fake, one dribble to the hoop. You know that'll, that'll yep. open up his his game. I like I just like seeing decisive. I like decisiveness in players, and he certainly seems to me to have, when you know when you feel like you're not going to get yanked straight away. I don't know, Jackson. You know, you feel like you relax and you can just play, play more, yeah. Uh, play freely and just and um, not get nervous about making the wrong decision. Yeah, um, I feel I feel Pritchard has that. You know, I, I don't feel oh, like sure. he he worries about you know whether this is a good shot or a bad shot. If he's confident in his shot, he's going to take it. Definitely seen more of that from him, Naismith. This is the last couple games. So if that is, if that is where he is at mentally, like I'm just going to go out, I'm going to shoot this confidently. I'm in here for a reason. You know, the hesitation is just, you know, is waning or there's no hesitation at all. That's, you know, even if he's not going to give you the 16 points or the 15 points every night, even if he scores nothing, like just being out there and, you know, doing his role confidently, it's, it, it helps the team immensely. Yeah. So, and offensively, he seems to be suited to be able to do what we want Ojale to just because he's yeah. that level of good shooter. Point. Good point. You yeah. know, like, like um, there's a really good, look, a little spoiler alert, but um, we we, ended, we, interviewed, we had a pod with uh, Bull, Steve Bullpit earlier today, and he, he made the point that everyone can kind of relate to, if you've played b-ball at any level, it's how hard it is to be Ojale. Like, you go up and down the floor, playing defense, hardly touching it, but when you touch it, you've got to shoot it, and you've got to make it. Or else you're getting yeah, yanked. yeah. <laughs> I mean, if you've ever played on a team where you're kind of probably a level, it's probably a level above where you should be playing. You know what that feels like, eh? It's just, mm. it's kind of awful. Yeah, <laughs> you know. But Neesmith, he is a shooter on that level, and um, and 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 he's probably we can probably more ex- expect a lot more consistency from him in that role offensively than 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 anybody else. Yeah. Um, and I suppose, like, given that, I mean, obviously, just pivoting slightly here, we all know that Evan Fournier recovering from, you know, COVID just de- definitely does not look himself. And I know you guys touched on that with um, Bullpet earlier as well, too. But we did. It's, it's good to have someone who is able to fill that role. Because when Fournier came and he started hitting shots, we thought, oh, sweet. I mean, I fell into the trap of thinking, oh, sweet, that problem's solved now. You know, that's just going to be the guy who is going to, you know, be the flamethrower, is going to have that reliable shooting. It might be a little bit too eager to say to anoint Neesmith as that guy who's going to be able to provide that to us but based on the evidence of what we've seen and based on you know the contributions he's making and that he doesn't look nervous to step up at a time when we need it is 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 really valuable it's it's so encouraging oh, to see it's huge absolutely it's, it's it's huge you know like like we really need someone in that role we really need someone who can just shoot. Yeah. <laughs> we, we, you know, we really haven't made it. And and often the issue that you get with those guys, your McDermott's, your Reddick's, your Corvers or what have you, is they can't impact the game defensively. But um, Neesmith has a path to being a positive impact defensive player, like a genuine 3 and D guy. Yeah. Um, and um, I guess... I. 
when I, I do find myself watching him quite a lot defensively, and um, I haven't seen any bad rotations lately. Um, they were using him to. Sorry, often I think when he would be checking, I want to say he was checking DeRozan, and often they were trapping DeRozan. Like the second guy was coming over to trap DeRozan, and mm. he was recovering. Like I saw on one occasion, they were trapping DeRozan on one corner, and that resulted in a swing, swing, and he absolutely hissed it over to the other side to contest to contest a shot on the other wing. Um, high effort, he seems. He seems to me okay. He can certainly shift his feet well enough that he's not going to get picked on. Hmm. Um, so, you know, there's a path to him contributing. I mean, I, in, if you can knock down shots, it's it sucks. But, like, that's your kind of – it's like playing defense gives you the right to take shots, but making shots gives you the right to keep playing. <laughs> yeah, ab- absolutely. And it's, I suppose in, a, in a, a, a brief sort of, you know, comparison, someone like Romeo Langford, I know not the same kind of person, but I'm guilty of seeing Romeo Langford brick shots. And I just think immediately, like, what's he doing out there? You know, even though he does right. contribute defensively, but rightly or wrongly, those shots don't go in or you get, you'd have your moment to have a shot and doesn't go in. Then yeah, you, you just think, you know, what are you doing out there? And it's, it can be unfair, you know, on players like that. But, you know, if your game is shooting and you shoot well or, you at least you know play shoot with confidence or you play with confidence then yeah uh, Nate Smith was great tonight Nate Smith was great um who else should we go this is this is this is what happens when we don't have a producer to guide us I'm just blindly looking at my at the box score here uh looking for talk, talking points any anything that we haven't touched upon that you would like to um, mention here Joe um <laughs> I think some big picture stuff that um co-host Larbird um, has um, been writing about Larbird's a real optimist for this team. He's definitely he more is. optimistic than 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 I am. Definitely, he, he talks um, me out of bad moods with his takes too, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and sometimes I think, oh, you poor sweet naive man, Larbird. But, <laughs> <laughs> but tonight was vindication for him, you know. Um, and um, he um, he did want us to mention. Um, couple of faithless fans user scrotum mcseaman which i feel like that's alarmingly close to my user yeah i thought it was gonna be is that, is that your burner account for a second <laughs> <laughs> no. oh man yeah man look I, I i think we could probably you know talk about this forever but you know it's important to be optimistic it's important not to you know like we said coming to full 60 360 here a little bit you know keep the faith you know don't necessarily you know alter your expectations but you know have some hope and it is very hard to maintain hope when you are you know having the first half or the first quarter like you you had um and you know, I'm I'm guilty of it too. Being like, oh my god, I don't think I should watch this anymore. But you know, if you do, if you do stick in there and you do, you know, you don't jump to conclusions. As hard as it can be, you know, in, in the heat of the moment with sport, you know, you can see things a little bit clearly. And maybe Larbert errs on the side of optimism a little bit more than maybe what would be realistic. Maybe he may be proven right. He might be proven right, and this team could, you know, explode in the last you know few games and make a solid playoff run. I certainly hope so, and uh, I hope Larry can, you know. I'm, I'm just, told you so. I'm just going through the takes from yeah. um, these guys, and to be honest, like I've, I'm probably, <laughs> I probably thought the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, indeed. So, so I'm not flaming you guys, but you know, this is just what happens. And, and Larry's our mate, so I'm going to go on to bat for him here. <laughs> um, one comment from Scrotum McSeaman: The Copes after this game will be glorious. Yeah, I definitely thought that. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, the, the, a, little, the, a little some disrespectful uh, air quotes. This is a fifty-five win team. That's a direct shot at Larry. Yeah. To be fair, <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> yeah. The the um the the influx of memes that have um that have invaded the the Celtics um uh, subreddit of uh you know I, I was uh, <laughs> they're not necessarily high quality or anything like that, but like when it's when it's all doom and gloom, you know, it can put a smile on your face. But like I'd much rather than now see the um the the overreactive positive happy you know low quality totally. memes than what we had prior so uh man look um hey I, man mcseaman if you're out there just i know you're enjoying it come on deep down you're enjoying the fact that we came back that's it's all good yeah it's all good yeah it's okay you can you can you can be upset with yourself for having such a take and be excited about a win these are not mutually exclusive this is just the dual. this is the duality of man this is the duality of a celtics <laughs> fan particularly this season uh joe i'm i'm basically out of out of out of waffling now do you have anything else to to, to say before we call it up no nah, man um drink it in drink hey, it in all we have all we have is tonight you know so uh and and you know they're gonna suck again at some point in the season but guess what doesn't matter it's brilliant. We're still, we're still fans. We're still fans, nonetheless. Last, last thing I will say, I don't think we touched on it with our Tatum um, pra- appraisal, but um, zero turnovers, sixty points, oh, zero turnovers. Oh, um, hey, good. I did have <laughs> one other thing I want to talk about. This, this yeah. is a Larbird comment in the in the in the chat thread. He says JB playing like he's drunk. And I was like, mm. yeah, JB does go into <laughs> drunk mode sometimes, eh? Yeah, absolutely. We, we got him one down Brown for like very good reason. And he missed <laughs> he missed two free throws in like the first five minutes. And I was just like, this is this there is going to be bad. This is going to be bad. And he had a couple of those turn, turnovers where he's like, you know, he's, he's, he's trying to get past his man in the post and he just ends up like just, just falling over and throwing the ball away. And it's like, yeah, it, it definitely wasn't a good game. But huge, huge, huge clutch three. Huge um, shot. Right. Sorry, go on. sorry, man. And he just kept like, even though he was not playing well, um, he kept trying to put pressure on the hoop. Like he kept trying to push the ball. And there's something sort of that does that does something for the spirit of your team when guys are just going that hard, you know? Definitely. Probably last thing I will say too: no Kemba Walker tonight. We've, no, I've gotten very accustomed to seeing us, you know, very, very spineless and very directionless without Kemba Walker. Certainly yeah. accurate for the first 24 and a bit minutes of this game. But sure to was. come through and get through that without your, your starting point guard, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Joe, hey. I'm, I'm pretty happy. Yeah, man. <laughs> Got to say. All right, cool. Well, uh, we might leave it at that. Uh, thank you very much for listening to uh, uh, us waffle on about uh, the Celtics. I'm, I, hope, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'm sure we'll be back later. Joe. No, that's not how we finish. That's not how we finish. Beg your pardon. We say, please, please, please finish for us properly, mate. <laughs> well, that'll about do it. Bottoms up, Celtics fans. Ding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Ding.